Good stuff. Have a good time, honey. That's me. Oh. Sound like an episode of Star Trek, right? <laughs> oh, that's the people. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we are so ready to hear from you. We thank you, Father God, that as we open our heart and our ears to you, that you will speak. We're confident in that. We thank you, God, that as you speak, we are all being helped. Our families are being helped. Our community being helped. Our nation is being helped. The world, God, when you speak, it can be helped. So, God, we receive the ministry of the Holy Ghost. We receive your word with gladness and meekness. God, we just thank you now. And I'm humbled that you'd use me as a vessel, God. So as your people uh, hear this word, I speak that their ears are blessed. God, because they're not just hearers, but they're doers as well. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Hallelujah. It says this in the New King James. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. You know, as I was uh, going through the, uh, the materials for this evening and looking at love, and I'm thinking to myself, Father God, how in the world do you teach on love, you know, in, in 15, 20 minutes? You know, because when we look at the word of God, and I don't understand why more people don't um, read the Bible, because it's a love story from Genesis all the way through Revelation. It's, it's a story of love. Why, why would God create this earth and put people in it? It's because he has so much love. It, he had to have something to pour the love out into. You know, and as you keep going through the Bibles and you read the law, you know, well, why, God, would you do all of that? Well, it's because... He wanted his people to have some boundaries, right? He didn't want them to get caught up and entangled in the things that had taken over the world, you know, so he gave them laws. And then he went on from there, and then you got the history of the people because he loves us and he wants us to know the mistake that our forefathers made so that we don't make. It's just when you read it, it's just love unfolding itself over and over and over again. So I would just, you know, just implore you to find some time to read it. Because you'll find it's the most loving story you could ever, ever, ever pick up. It's, it's not like, you know, my favorite love movie, um, Jerry Maguire. You know, if you had, you know, that used, that used to be, yeah, that used, I could watch that a thousand times, you know. You complete me. Right? But that wasn't love. <laughs> that wasn't love. As sweet as the movie was, you know, as sweet as any movie we've watched. It's not really love. The world has no idea, no concept of love. And I submit to you tonight that most people, even in the body of Christ, have no clue what love really is. 
because if the church understood love and Christians understood love and pastors understood love and wives understood love, the world wouldn't be in the condition that it's in. Why? Because everything would be done with love as our impetus. You know, I think about um, in Luke chapter 10, the story of the, the parable of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, as we like to call it. And, you know, people pass by this beggar that had been robbed and beaten and the priest had something to do and the other person was traveling. They didn't have time. But the most um, likely person to help is the one who helped. They thought Samaritans in that day were dogs. They were less than anything. But yet and still, that was the person who had enough love, enough compassion, enough mercy, enough kindness to stop and to see someone in need and to do something about it. That's love. You know, so when we look at society as we know it right now, it's being taken over by something. It's been taken over like an unkept yard is taken over by sand spurs. You live in Florida, you know what I'm talking about. You're just out walking, right? And it's green. The, the it's green. There's dirt, but it's green. And as you're walking, things get on you. And then you try to take them off, and they're stuck in your fingers. You try to... It's just bad, right? But as you're walking, you can't see it. You can't see them. It blends right in with what we're expecting, grass, greenery. You can't detect it. But I tell you, there's something taking over our society, just like a sand spur will take over a yard that we stop maintaining, right? And I tell you, it's not terrorists. As much as we're focusing on terrorism and taking off shoes at airports and people running their hands in places strangers' hands shouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? It's not terrorists, you know? As much conversation as we're having about gang violence, oh, God, that's an easy problem to fix. Oh, no, it can't be. Yeah, it is. It's not gang violence that's messing us up, and it's not right-wing or left-wing extremists. All the problems in the world, it's either the right-wing or the left-wing. Nope, it's not. But I know the answer to everything that's driving every social ill that we're experiencing right now. It's selfishness. Yes. It's selfishness. And selfishness is the antithesis, the complete opposite of what love is. You know, it's selfishness that's disguised as love that would allow a, a woman to be with a man, be known of a man, to become impregnated, to birth a child, only not to nurture it. That's selfishness. Because back in the fourth grade, they told us what happens when man knows woman and woman conceives. But it's a selfishness that would have you birth a child and not make sure it had everything it needs to succeed and survive and to flourish and to thrive. You know, it's selfishness that would make a couple spend thousands on a wedding only to go home and decide not to be a wife or to be a husband. That's selfishness.
to, to, to go and put on the big show, only to, to, to go home and decide, I'm still going to live for me. I'm still going to do me. I'm still going to be true to me. That's selfishness. Oh, it's selfishness that would make a child go to school and shame their mother or father. It's selfishness that would make a, 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 a young person go and commit a crime when everything they need is at home. How many middle-aged, uh, middle-class children do we know? They're not hungry. They've not been abandoned. They're well taken care of. Somebody made sure you went to school. You went to the dentist. You went to the doctors. And some kind of way, you still find yourself on the jail list. How does that happen? You're selfish. You're selfish. You're selfish. What would make, you know, Christians come to church, serve, say they love God, say they love their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, say they love their pastors, and go out there in the world and shame the church. That's selfishness. That's selfishness. But tonight we're going to talk about something real simple. We're going to talk about real love. Real love, right. Now I knew that would happen the moment I heard real love. Jody Watley was going to come up from 1989. That was Mary? Mary J. Blige? Well, Jody Watley did it too. But okay, but Mary J. Blige, but Jody Watley did it too. I knew Jody Watley. I wasn't. A, okay, sorry. Don't take my black card. I'm sorry. Don't know Mary J. Because I know Jody Watley. too because she did one too yeah I know I did but it wasn't the one Mary but I wasn't a, I wasn't a Mary J. Blige I wasn't into that I ain't gonna tell y'all what I used to listen to because you might really take it Wham Duran Duran Bon Jovi Aerosmith you know the Bee Gees you know sorry you know I knew something was wrong with her <laughs> but you know what <laughs> You know, so we got to know what real love is. And not love like we've been presented. Oh, I'm back. Oh. <laughs> but a love that, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, a love that doesn't seek its own, a love that doesn't puff itself up. We also read so far this week a love that covers sin. It doesn't expose everybody. It doesn't put everybody out there. You know, a love that will prosper you and not take anything in return. You know what I'm saying? A love that's always available and always loving even when we were unlovable. Think about Romans chapter 5, verse 8. While we were yet sinners, while we were the worst we could ever be, God, Christ loved us, loved us, loved us. Think about the worst you've ever been. He still loved you enough to lay down his life. In spite of everything you did, you said, he still, that's real love. But today, but today, if someone says something you don't like, 
done fixed the meal the way you want it fixed. Doesn't treat you the, think you the way you think you are. But God, who is the picture of real love, his children, as we read through, as you know, Old Testament survey people, through all the books of history, how over and 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 over again, his people would just do the most horrendous things, but yet and still, you get to the end of a chapter or get to the end of a song, and he'll say, oh, you know what, I know what you did, but my anger will not always be with you. He says, I've loved you with an unending, never-ending love. He goes so far in Zephaniah to say, I love you so much, I'm singing over you. But just a little bit of love, few verses ago, he was talking about how wretched, how ungrateful, how wretched you could be. But yet and still, real love says, I forgive you. And I love you too much to walk out on you. I love you too much. I might not talk to you for a little bit, but I love you too much. I said I love you too much. Oh man, real love, real love, real love. The Lord gave me a phrase, I think this was like 2019, and everybody couldn't handle it, so I didn't preach it, because it's not very nice. But I did come in the sanctuary and preach it to a couple of people, and they listened and received it. The title of the message was Shut Up About Your Love. Shut up about your love. I don't even know how we would have titled apostrophe, B-O-U-T. I don't know what we would have done, how, how to make it palatable. Or, sorry, that's just it. But shut up about your love. Because we say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. We say it so much and we use it so carelessly. I love potato chips. I love ice cream. I love Mac. I love Gucci. I love, I love, I love, I love. Shh. Shut up about your love. Why? Because love, as we'll discover in 1 John chapter 4, has very little to do with what you say, but it has everything to do with what you do. You know, I was, as I was preparing for this, I, I mean, I could preach on love probably for about six hours because story after story kept coming to me from the scriptures. It made me think about Ruth, who in the midst of her pain, she lost her husband. The same way Naomi lost her husband and her two sons, the same way Orpah lost her husband. But you know what Ruth said? Naomi came and said, hey, girls, there's no hope in me. She said, if I had more children, you'd be too old. She said, you know what? Go back to your mother's house. Y'all go back. Go back. Go back. And Orpah, oh, I could just, oh, Naomi, I love you so much. But what did she do? Grabbed her bags, packed her stuff, and went back to her mama's house. But Ruth, on the other hand, Ruth said, entreat me not to go. Oh, God, for where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, 
She never said, I love you. She never said, I love you, Naomi. I said, she never said, I love you. But she proved it in her actions because when Naomi packed up, she went right behind her. When they got there and they found themselves hungry, Ruth didn't look at Naomi and say, you bought us out here, and here it is. I got the, we ain't got nothing to eat, and we ain't got nowhere to lay, and I, now you round here calling yourself moral because you so bitter. You bitter? I'm out here with you. She didn't do that. She girded up her dress between her legs and tied it up and went gleaning in a field, picking up the scraps that were left. That's love. Love doesn't think about how you're feeling. Love doesn't think about what you've been through. Love doesn't think about what you lost. Love looks at other people and it's moved into action. Moved into action. That's real love. But today, Mama, what we gonna eat? I'm tired, don't talk. You're tired? But they need to eat. Just get, just, just get you something to go. But their bodies need nutrients. I worked all day. But they're your children. Every time I look up, you asking for something. You ask me to be your bride. I work and I, but you said you would take care of me. Do you see how love can never, before God, love can never be about your situation and what? Let's put up, put up the meaning of love from 1 John chapter 4. And we all know what that word is. Agape. Strong's G26. Agape. What does it mean? Brotherly love. Affection. Look at this. Goodwill. Love. Benevolence. Love feast. Yeah, that's why people dance when food tastes good. Mm. So we always want to say, oh, no, 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 no. I got this different kind of love. You know, I got that Philadelphia love, that, Philly, you know, that love that, that, makes me, that makes me do kind things for people. No, it's in agape, too. Brotherly love is there. Affection, it's there. You see what I'm saying? Goodwill, that's doing something. It's, it's, it's in agape. Benevolence, benevolence, doing good for somebody who can't do anything for you doing something that benefits somebody else, that's love. All right, so let's go back over to 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to see what real love looks like. Look at this. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Listen to this. Real love requires relationship with Jehovah God. 
A person is incapable of loving if they are not in relationship with God. That's why Father God tells us to go, don't go out there in the world and just marry anybody. He knows that if they don't know him, they are incapable of loving you. Now, they may like you real good. They may stay with you for a long time. They might buy you a dress every now and then. She might buy you a pair of sneakers. But they are incapable of loving with real love. Why are people divorcing? I thought you loved her. Because they don't love with real love. What would make, oh man, I saw this newsreel. Husband in Arkansas, married, four children, black couple, beautiful home, great neighborhood. And he got so angry. He killed the wife. He killed two of the children while two other children were outside. The police showed up and he just decided in his selfishness, I'll kill all of us. He couldn't have known God. So we we look at What's going wrong? Why is there so much domestic violence? Why is there so much, you know, infanticide? Why is there so much, uh, you know, mothers killing their own children? Because they don't know God. They don't know God. Why is abortion now again the biggest topic? We're still having to convince human beings that a child in the womb is is a person. Why? Because my body, my choice. No, it's. But you knew, you knew. Since you were in the fourth grade, you knew. You knew. But because it's an inconvenience to you, you don't give God's child a chance. So if you don't know God, you are incapable because God is love. Love is of God. Romans 5, 5 tells us this, that the love of God, King James, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can sing, you can dance, you can drum, you can usher, you can preach, you can sing, you can do a whole lot of things. And there's no love. There is no love because it requires, see, the Holy Ghost, because love is a fruit of the Spirit. And if the love that comes with the Holy Ghost isn't in us, I'm capable of doing anything to you. Well, they haven't done it yet, but what I'm saying, Laquanda, is they're capable. never cheat on you. You're capable. Why are you, why, why would you say that? Because you don't know God. You ain't got no Holy Ghost. Do, do, you, do you see? Our children are inherently, they're innately selfish, i.e. they're born selfish. And that selfishness does not come out of them until they are born again. So as long as they are unsaved, or saved 
and unfilled, they are capable of, not my son, yes, your son will. Yes, your daughter will. Why? Because love, it comes from, it is God. It is a, incapable. I didn't say improbable. I said incapable, all right? Real love requires a relationship with God. Don't date anybody if they don't love God. You're setting yourself up for heartache. You're setting yourself, you're setting yourself up. Give him or her time to get to know God. Because he who loves knows God. And you're going to piss yourself through with a whole lot of headache trying to raise somebody, trying to raise somebody into, you can't raise them into loving God. That's a personal thing. They've got to make a decision to open their heart to the love of God so that they will have the ability to pour out love onto you. That's why it doesn't work. You can take a trip. You can buy him sneakers. He can buy you a purse. He can get your nails done. You can buy him a suit. But if there's no God, there is no love. There's a whole lot of like and lust. I said a whole lot of like and lust. But when the mess hit the fan, they're gone. Why? Love keeps a person in covenant. I said love keeps a person in covenant. And not love for you. I said not love for you. Love for God. Because God, I'm not going to shame you. I stood before you and I said, till death do us part. I stood before you and said in sickness and in health. I stood before you and said I'd obey. I stood before you and said I'd submit. I stood before you. And I love you too much. To shame you. So love keeps you in covenant. Another fact about love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also, look at this, ought to love one another. I said we ought to love one another. It didn't say you will love one another. He's saying, you got to make the choice to love. You ought to love. So here it is. Real love requires sacrifice. It requires it. It ain't real love. I love my baby. 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 Then raise your baby. Don't babysit your baby. Raise your baby. Because a lot of parents are babysitting their babies. No, the teacher raising them. No, the teacher not raising them. I'm raising no, no, no. You ain't had a conversation first about character. But you go into any classroom in Pinellas County, they got posters on every wall about character and citizenship. 
because they're trying to do something they're not equipped to do. It requires sacrifice for God. So loved the world that he gave one of his sons his what? I'm finna give you my last. God gave you his only. We won't give anybody our last or nothing. People look sideways if you ask for the last piece of gum. Exactly. They look at you like, because here's what they say. Oh, I ain't got but one. What they're really saying is, this the last one. I really don't want to give it to you. It's for me. But when we start operating in love, the way God says to operate in love, we're not in real love if there's no element of sacrifice. So these challenges come in life. Every day you're posed with a challenge. And it's a challenge of, are you going to be selfish and take care of you and do what's best for you or are you going to sacrifice and step over into the spirit? Love is of the spirit. So we have to always weigh everything we're doing. Is this selfish or is this sacrifice? Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Just turn back one. By this, we know love. This is the example of love. All right? Because he laid down his life for us, and we also, here they go ought to again. He didn't say we would. He said we ought to lay down our lives for our children. For who? Do you see how that just got bigger? See, I know we're talking about family. That's good, great, and wonderful. Can I tell you the truth about family? Family is the practice ground for your treatment of the world. Family is not the end all. Because do you know, you know, when we get to heaven, we're not married anymore? And they're not my children anymore? That relationship ends. I said that relationship ends. But I'm not just going to talk to God about how I treat them. I'm going to talk to God about how I treat everybody. How I treated everybody. So we ought to love the brethren. Ladies and gentlemen, that requires sacrifice. That requires getting out of your own little world and looking around and seeing what somebody else needs. Just think about it. If we keep spending all we have, we talked about margin, right? Zero margin. Who else can we help? If I keep financing as much car as I can pay for, who can I? It's bad when we do all of this stuff and we're big and we're grandiose and we got these children, but we want them to go to college. 
Oh, I want him to, I want him to, I want him to, I want him to. Well, won't you live like you want him to go to college? You don't want him to go to college because you're driving their tuition. You're wearing their room and board. You just put their meal plan on your belt and on your belt and on your shoes. No, you didn't want him to go. I said, no, you didn't want him to go. Because there's no way in the world I know how awful debt is. I said, there's no way in the, I would never put my four through what I know debt put me through. And whatever I can give up now, I said, whatever I can give up now so that they never have to know it, I'm giving it up. Now, that's great for them. But God said, okay, it's bigger than that. You, you, you talking about them. Baby, I got children in Africa. I showed the babies in the school one day this video from Liberia. There were little children, five years old. They want to go to school. This is from 2020. They want to go to school. I said they want to go to school. Do you know what they have to do to be able to go to school? They're outside. Grade school, these are five and six-year-old kids. They're sitting on the ground with no shoes on. They have a leather strap. Inside the leather strap, they have a rock because they need gravel for concrete. And they sit for hours busting rocks. I said they sit for hours busting rocks. They sit for hours. You saw it. You saw it. Because they want school fees. And I said, God, you raise me up. I'll send them to school. Because you're sending mine to school. I'll send them to school. And I'm just waiting for somebody to tell me, how can I send them to school? Because it's not about me. It's not about mine. It's about his. We're here for him. That's real love, Pauline. Real love ain't what I look like, what I'm wearing, what I'm driving. No, you're selfish. Well, you mean I can't have nice stuff? Absolutely. Your father gives you nice things. Absolutely. I said your father loves you enough. Remember, houses are an inheritance for fathers. He fills your house with all great and wonderful, beautiful, pleasant, and precious treasures. That's a given. But when he gives it to you, what will you do with it? I said, what will you do with it? Because I'm tired, Ma. I work all day. I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm going to go home and lay down. I ain't got time to be bothering up with nothing. You know, I ain't got time. You know, Miss Michelle, how we talk. I ain't got time to be fooling up with nobody else. I'm tired. I don't work long. Oh, well, when you and God talk about it, let me know how it goes. I said, let me know how it goes. Because these are the things we're going to. He called us. So real love sacrifice, the last one. I'm going to go back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. It says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in, has been what? Perfected in us. Now drop down to verse 20. It says, if someone says, I love God, he says, shut up about your love. Shut up about your love. Shut up about your love. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. 
and hates his brother. Mm-mm. You have to come to HBCA to understand that. Look at this. If somebody says, I love God, and can't stand this brother, you a lie. That's what it says. You a lie. You a lie. I can't stand her tell. You a lie. You don't love God. He says, for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen. How you love God and you ain't never seen him before? How you love him you ain't never seen him? You ain't never seen what God look like? What God look like? I saw him on, you didn't see nothing such a lie. You ain't seen him. He says you've not seen him. But you can't, it's impossible to say I love God and to hate your brother. To not be willing to do benevolence to your brother. To not be able to do goodwill. To show brotherly kindness. To remember somebody who can't remember you or who won't remember you. When's the last time you gave somebody a birthday gift and they, they ain't never gave you one? Just think about it. Not this thing, yeah, not the big gift exchange we got going. You give to people because they give to you. I'm talking about God just put you on my heart. And I heard it was your birthday. And this is for you. And I mean it be a gift. I don't mean no. I mean give them a gift. Because these acts are representative of our love. Husband, when's the last time you just did something for your wife just because? Not it's anniversary, not it's Valentine's Day, not it's your birthday, you know, and that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. Mother's Day, yeah, Mother's Day, maybe. Because some men walking around saying, you're not my mama. If you got six baby mamas, you got six mother days. Because all your children need to go there with something in their hands, and it's your job to provide it. And wives, mothers, you got three baby daddies, you got three father's days. Because that's goodwill. We're not the person we used to be. He ain't no good. Challenge him and make him some good. Challenge him. Let him see the new you. You ain't got to call him. I said you ain't got to call him, and you ain't got to go see him. But you can give something to your child, and they can slide it to him. Hey, go get here's $20. Go get your mama something. Here go $5. Go get your mama something. Go get your mama something. Wherever you are, go get your mama something. See, this is how we fix these problems in our communities. This is how we fix it. This is what keeps people from fighting in the streets for no reason by some garbage. Love don't, she shouldn't have to ask you for diapers. She shouldn't have to ask you for milk. If you got to go bust up rocks to get it. I said, if you got to go bust up rocks to get it. 
You got to go to McDonald's on the third shift and get it. Don't ever let it be said. Why? Because real love requires relationship with others. I said it requires relationship with others. The whole reason we're here is because God loved. And he had to have something who would understand what his love is to pour it out on. We're here because he loves. And we're here because we love. So there's people that we should be pouring all of this love out onto. Because relationship is not a hookup. Relationship is a connection, and we ought to be forming connections with more people than the people who we like and who we love and who we birthed and who we married. No, we're supposed to be like God, like Christ in this world, wherever he, how Jesus, how, the, how, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were. How was that possible? Because he loved. So he couldn't walk up on a situation and not do something about it. He could it was, he couldn't. I mean, just think about how he must have felt when he went home to Capernaum and he had to have them pen, but he could only do but a few small miracles. Jesus probably walked away from that like, dog, Father, I wanted to. Man, I wanted to heal auntie so-and-so, and I wanted to bless Uncle Pooh, and I wanted, and while he said, that's all right. They ain't reject you. It's okay. They rejected me and my love, but you were willing to express it. But you were willing to express it. So real love requires you can't love God and have anybody on your hate list. You can't love God. You got to, you got to. We read 1 Corinthians 13, right? And they, boy, they tried to beat me up. Yeah, you got to, 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 you got to. They don't think that way. It just don't think that way. They don't think that way. You know, it always thinks the best. Because I'm naturally that person who I work back from the worst. Always have been. That's what makes me a scientist. I work back from the worst. I don't go in saying, oh, this is going to work. I go in thinking, now, if this blows up, <laughs> if I get burnt, I'm the girl who reads the comic can. I know, I read the dishwashing detergent. Some, the kids keep asking me, Pastor, I don't know why they ask me these random questions every day. Do you wash dishes with bleach? I said, absolutely not. It was like, well, how your dishes get clean? I said, won't you read the Dawn detergent bottle? It says, do not mix with bleach. Because I naturally go in thinking, that smell not normal when you put that. That smell, that smell, that's, that's, that smell bad. And you thinking, no, it's really cleaning. No, it's not really cleaning, it's really killing you. Here's another free one. Do not mix bleach and OxyClean. Oh my God, my God. 
you gonna need a hazmat team and bleaching comet. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Kim? Because I'm always looking for the worst and then I work my way backwards. No, you guys laughing, but this is really me. I didn't have to have friends. I don't, I don't, I don't have to have friends. I just, I just, I have friends now, but I, I do, I know now, but because, but let me tell you why. Because I always go in knowing you finna be a trip. So I stay back until I say, oh, okay. Oh, you're not that bad. And I take one step forward. I say, all right, it's all right. Two step forward. And I say, all right, you cool. And then you say, oh, I say, oh, because he want me to fix this. The Lord want me to fix this. He says, no, that's not how you do it. And I'm like, but God, that's... He said, but no. He said, let me show you how to do this. He says, you just run in and say, we're best friends, we're best friends. How about you and me? We're best friends, we're best friends. And then when they go, you and your chin, you be like, oh, but you my best friend, and I love you so much. I'm going to go over here and nurse my wound, and I'll be back. Because real love requires relationship. It requires it. Yeah, amen. So I put me out there to help you. <laughs> but amen. So real love, not this thing we've been doing, real love. Amen. amen. Mary J. Blige, I pay homage to the queen of R&B. <laughs> But y'all now know me. I don't know nothing about your song. <laughs>